This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Breaking news. Gigi Hadid smokes pot. And you guys are going to gag when you hear how I'm somehow responsible for her recent pot bust in the Cayman Islands. Kidding. But actually... Also, Jane Birkin passed away, which inspired me to come up with a fake scenario about Kylie Jenner and Jordan Woods rekindling their friendship. And ice cream's so good. Yes, I'm talking about the NPC live streamers taking over our feeds. But I'm also talking about girl dinner. Let's eat. Welcome back to Harry Tales. I'm your host, Harry Hill, and I hope that you are ready to eat because we are going to be talking about girl dinners this week. Obviously, we have much more to cover than just girl dinners, but I'm excited to be here today. Empty studio, no guests, just me and you. Let's talk it out. I'm finally going to see the Barbie movie whenever I do something on Tuesday night. It's kind of sad because I can't talk about it on the pod until next week because I record every Tuesday, but I'm seeing the Barbie movie and I didn't know if I was actually going to go until like a couple hours ago and I was already in Manhattan. So I went to Urban Outfitters and I got this pink baby doll top and this hat it says Barbie on the back but you can't see because I turned it around because I think it looks cute I'm doing a backwards hat moment backwards hat mustache pink baby doll top watch that's the vibe if you're just listening just imagine like you know little punky Brewster vibes I don't even know what punky Brewster is but it sounds like the vibe of what I'm going for and I have a watch that does tell time I believe But I'm excited. I've wanted to see this for so long. And once I got news that I could finally go, because I begged for an invite to this screening, my manager messaged me saying that there's a SAG strike happening, which I knew, obviously. I see all of my actor friends picketing. Even though I'm not totally sure what the strike is for, I do know what it's for. It's so that the writers can be like paid a fair wage and actors. And yeah, obviously that makes so much sense. I stand with the SAG strikers. But the Barbie movie happened before the strike, did it not? Like, I think we're good. My, I texted my friend Olivia, who's an actress in LA, and I said, yo, I'm seeing the Barbie movie tonight. Do I need to be nervous? Like, do I need to be afraid? And she was like, you're totally fine. There shouldn't be any sort of picket line to cross. You know, I I was like, is this going to bar me from starring in movies when I'm 35? 
Because if that's the case, I can sit this one out. Maybe I should just go and not post. Maybe I'll go write my review right after the show and then post my review on Friday, which is when the movie actually comes out. I'm trying to figure out what my vibe is, and I think that's what it is. Anyway, happy Barbie week. It's mid-July, and the trend right now is girl dinner. And I actually made a tweet last week about girl dinner. I posted a picture of a bunch of Polly Pocket shoes with the caption girl dinner. And then fuck Jerry slid into my Twitter DMs and asked if he could post it. And this has happened a couple times before where fuck Jerry is like, hey, can we post your meme? And if you don't know what happens when fuck Jerry asks to post your meme, they pay you $50 and then they post your meme. They say, hey, can we have permission to post this? We may or may not, but if we do, you'll be paid $50 the following Tuesday. So I just got 50 bucks in my PayPal account today for posting that meme. It actually didn't go on fuck Jerry, it went on beige cardigan. That's just a little meme insider info for you. But girl dinner, essentially, I have some notes because um, I was doing research The New York Times posted an article about it last week, and according to that story, the trend was started by a 28-year-old girl named Olivia Maher, who lives in LA. She says, I think the concept of girl dinner came to me while I was on a hot girl walk with another female friend of mine. Which is interesting, right? You're You're on the hot girl walk, which leads to the girl dinner. So it's just a bunch of trends that kind of bleed into each other right like if she hadn't been on the hot girl walk would she have come up with girl dinner there's got to be a word for like trend progression right she decided to debut the phrase on tiktok she says this is my dinner and then she flips the phone camera to display her spread hunks of butter and cheese part of a baguette some grapes and pickles and a glass of red wine i call this girl dinner She posted that video in May, and since then it's gotten over a million views. But now everybody's out here posting their girl dinner. There's a song, the one that's like, girl dinner, girl dinner, girl dinner, girl dinner. And it's got, you know, a billion trillion videos on it. And I decided Polly Pocket Shoes would be the way Somebody posted a hangnail and said girl dinner, which I also agree with because who isn't chewing on their nails? But the idea of girl dinner is that basically you're not cooking anything. You're kind of just snacking and calling it a meal. And I think Gen Z or um, Zillennials, I think I'm a Zillennial, which is like late millennial, early Gen Z, I think we're really good at taking something that's already a trend and just renaming it and reclaiming it and turning it into a trend. Like what adult doesn't put a bunch of snacks together on a plate and call it dinner at least once a week? You know what I mean? Especially if you're living alone, even if you have roommates, like once you are not under your parents' roof and you're out on your own, Of course you're going to make a girl dinner, right? That's the whole point of being an adult is like having ice cream for dinner. 
anybody that has tried to have ice cream for dinner knows that that's not actually a sustainable <laughs> option <laughs> and it's not actually fun because um, you do need some, you know, you need some meat, you need some sustenance that's going to like carry you through. It's not fun going to bed hungry because you will get out of bed and go for that piece of chocolate. You know what? It's, a really good late night snack is like a spoonful of peanut butter and some chocolate chips, not to sound like um, Haley Bieber or something, but you really want something that's going to like fill you up. I was thinking of my girl dinner or like girl dinners that have, there's got to be a Venn diagram of girl dinners and depression meals. I feel like they're kind of under the same umbrella, which is like, you're not having dinner. You're just like eating snacks. And I feel like I've had some really crazy girl dinners while being depressed or maybe just being on my own. Does that make sense? So like, <laughs> this is going to sound literally insane. Are you ready for my, my saddest girl dinner? That actually wasn't sad and I actually really enjoyed it every time I ate it. I would go to the grocery store, go to the bread section. Not the like bread in a bag, but the bagels. You know, the bagels in the plastic bin at the grocery store that you get for like 89 cents a sesame seed grocery store bagel and then a bag of hot Cheetos and you just tear, <laughs> you just tear pieces of your grocery store bagel off and then like wrap it around like two or three hot Cheetos and you just eat that until you literally can't eat anymore. If that's not a girl dinner, I don't know what is, okay? But that's also a depression meal. Like, where is the boundary between girl dinner and depression meal? And is this just an example of, like I said, a zillennial taking something that we already know and love, depression meal, which is like, okay, I'm too depressed to make dinner, so I'm just going to eat an 89-cent sesame seed bagel untoasted, wrapped around some Flaming Hot Cheetos, or is it a new thing that like we really haven't discovered yet? The New York Times article was saying that the difference between tapas and girl dinner is that it's made for one person for the enjoyment of one person. Okay, yeah. There's, there's like a, the through line of the girl dinner as it's known online is like some cheese, some meats, some olives, some pickles, like very much like, I don't know, very much. Yeah. Charcuterie board. Um, I was asking my producer, Ashley, before this, I was like, what is your girl dinner? Like, what do you like? Have you had girl dinner? And she was like, yeah, it's kind of like charcuterie board vibes. Maybe there's a spectrum. You know how there's a spectrum of sexuality? Maybe there's a spectrum of girl dinners. And on one end, it's like grocery store bagel wrapped around some hot Cheetos. And then the other end of that is like some really good Parmesan cheese cubed with some nice salami. You know what I mean? Like some nice, some nice stuff. That's a girl dinner that's not going to have you more sad 
than you were before you started eating it, right? Okay, so I asked Instagram what I said. So I asked Instagram, what's your favorite thing to eat as part of your girl dinner? Oh, I actually phrased, I, there's a little gram, grammatical error. I hate when I post grammatical errors to Maine. Anyway, I asked Instagram and some of the answers, okay, somebody said cock and balls. Thank you. It's a good girl dinner. Somebody said, a lot of people are saying like olives, nuts. It's like, yes, we get it, but like elaborate. Like two to four clusters of granola. See, that's tea, that's ingenuity, that's resourceful, right? It's like, we do need something sweet. So let's add some granola. And granola is one of those underrated things, I feel like. We don't talk about granola enough. I feel like granola is going to have a comeback soon. Mark my words. Cottage cheese with toast and jam. I don't like to yuck anybody's yum, but cottage cheese is not for me. Target branded good and gather adult Lunchables. Okay, see, that is like a pre-made girl dinner. Somebody, the New York Times article was like, these are adult Lunchables, which kind of tea. Again, we took something that we've always known, a Lunchable, and we've turned it into a trend for our own enjoyment, which I think we're really good at as like a demographic. Zillennials really know how to make a trend out of something that we've already had. That's a skill. And I don't think every generation has that. Kalamata olives, cold cuts, canned corn, lemon hummus, lemon hummus, lemon, hu lemon hummus, lemon hummus. You guys stop right now and say lemon hummus. <laughs> lemon hummus. That's a, that's a tough one. Vivance. Sour Patch, a Baby Bell. A Baby Bell is a good girl dinner accoutrement. My vitamin C lozenges. I will fuck up a little jar of vitamin C gummies. Like, I will keep those in my apartment as the only source of candy. So if I'm craving something sweet, I will go for like the vitamin C gummies by the handful. I don't know if that's good for you or not. Feta cheese crumbles. Yeah, some of these answers are very girl dinner. Girl dinner, girl dinner, girl dinner. Cherry Coke Zero, salted cantaloupe, interesting. I saw a girl on TikTok shaving carrots and then putting a bunch of oil on them and I was like, okay, gonna try that for sure. Yeah, so that is, that's girl dinner and I really like a trend that unifies the internet for a little bit. And I think Girl Dinner has done that. The Times post, the story kind of touched on what boy dinner would be. They were like, all right, we've talked about Girl Dinner. What would boy dinner be? And they were kind of like, just go stand behind any man at the supermarket shopping for himself and look into his basket. And it's like frozen pizzas, <laughs> maybe some beers, some meats, no vegetables. And I was like, that's true. I really haven't reflected on my girl dinner of a sesame seed bagel and flaming hot Cheetos in a while. So 
it was nice to reflect. It's good to reflect. Ask yourself, what's a girl dinner from your past that you want to revisit? I don't think I'm going to revisit my bagel and flaming Hot Cheetos, but it's a nice memory. It reminds me of when I lived with like four girls and it was insane. Three girls. That was a chapter. Okay, speaking of trends, do you remember when supermodels used to get arrested for drugs? Because that trend may or may not be coming back. Gigi Hadid was arrested in the Cayman Islands for having marijuana. She was released on a $1,000 bail, which I never know what bail means. Like, you just pay that and then you get out. And so somebody's like, oh, they got out on a $100,000 bail. Somebody came with $100,000, like cash, or like, can you Venmo bail? Imagine Venmoing bail. But it's like, who pays and how? I don't know. Anyway, her rep said that her marijuana that she went to the Cayman Islands with was purchased with a medicinal marijuana card legally in New York City for personal consumption, and it's also legal since 2017 in the Cayman Islands. All news to me. So uh, it's not, you know, the same as Demi Lovato smuggling crack onto an airplane, but we are coming back slowly but surely, you know, Gigi Hadid with some marijuana charges that, you know, aren't going to be on her record, but gave us a Tuesday morning headline. I'm very thankful for that. And I actually have a weird one degree of separation story from Gigi Hadid that I think I'm going to tell right now. And it all started at a Shake Shack event for a burger that used ants in the sauce. So I got invited to the Shake Shack event. I said yes, of course. And seated at my table with me was a girl named Leah. Leah Schwartz. And if you're a Gigi head, then Leah Schwartz rings a bell to you. Is it Leah? It's Leah. Leah, not Schwartz. I don't know why I said Schwartz. Her name's Leah McCarthy. She's one of Gigi's good friends, and she was in the Cayman Islands with Gigi. And she posted a picture with Gigi, and I commented, leafy love, with two leaf emojis, like the leaf emojis that are blowing in the wind. Leaf emojis that people use when they're talking about pot in iMessage or whatever. I commented that four days ago. It has 21 likes. And Leah messages me this morning because page six wrote a story about this whole ordeal and wrote McCarthy 29 also appears appeared unfazed by her illicit activities as she too shared risque photos of the group sunbathing on the island. Leafy love, she captioned the pictures, but that wasn't her caption. That was my comment on her photos, but page six read it as her caption. So she messaged me and said, I'm crying that they thought your comment was my caption, but also you had no idea just how funny you were being. I'm not saying that I manifested the Gigi Hadid marijuana charges via emojis, but I'm also not saying that I didn't. Because 
you're telling me that I commented leafy love with two leaf emojis on Liam McCarthy's photo and then a couple days later, Gigi's slammed with marijuana charges. I'm just saying. That's tea. <laughs> That's tea, actually. You never know when you sit down at the Shake Shack event if the girl sitting across from you is best friends with Gigi Hadid. That's why you need to be nice to everyone, okay? Speaking of best friends, Kylie Jenner and Jordan Woods have rekindled their friendship. They were seen leaving Sushi Park in LA, which is a nondescript sushi place that all the celebrities go to. It's nestled in a two-story shopping center in West Hollywood, and it has this reputation for kind of being like the secret spot because it is so chill on the outside. You wouldn't think that it's some bougie celebrity hangout. On the sign outside, it says, authentic sushi bar, no takeout, no trendy sushi, no salad, no teriyaki tempura, no California roll, no spicy tuna roll. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go somewhere else then. Because <laughs> if I'm going to rekindle with my best friend, we're going to get spicy tuna rolls. For sure. I've always said that Kylie and Jordan have been friends this entire time. Like, I did not believe when they had that falling out. You can't be in Kylie's position and have a best friend like Jordan that is your right-hand man and then just not be friends with them anymore. Like, I think when you're in Kylie's position, you need the friends around you. Like, the friends around you are all that you have, right? I mean, of course in addition to the billions of dollars, but the f <laughs> you can't buy friends, okay? And, you know, Kylie's a weirdo, we'd been new, and she needs somebody that she can be herself around, and Jordan is that person. So when Jordan and Tristan Thompson, Chloe's baby daddy, had that kiss on the edge of the couch at that party, I knew it wasn't over. I've always suspected that they were hanging out via secret tunnels under Calabasas this whole time. When Kylie and Timothy Chalamet were allegedly seen together, she was just looking for connection. They weren't dating. She just wanted a friend. I don't know what this means for us, but I do think we're gonna be seeing a lot more of Kylie and Jordan together again. I actually wrote a really long Instagram paragraph, kind of like a fanfic. Sometimes I'll randomly just be struck and wanna write a fanfic, and I'm gonna read that fanfic to you right now because people really liked it. And If I'm not using my podcast to read things that I've already posted on Instagram, what am I doing? So this is, this is like the scenario in my head about Jordan and Kylie coming back together. Jordan winced. She wasn't expecting the shishito pepper to be that spicy. She'd forgotten what it was like getting dinner with Kylie, the amount of security and fanfare that went into it, all for a California roll and some seared tuna. The restaurant had closed off a section just for them in the back, and it was quiet. 
She contemplated asking if they had an ox cord to cut through the silence. Kylie was absentmindedly rubbing some chopsticks together. Jordan looked across the table at her old friend. Though the world saw an ever-morphing insta-bombshell updating her face like an iPhone updates its iOS, Kylie was still just the brown-eyed girl she'd always known. Jordan was secretly glad there was no surgery to switch eye colors yet because she knew if there was, Kylie would likely be blinking back at her with lilac eyes. Wait, that's spicy as fuck. You need to try it, Jordan said, nudging the dish of blistered green peppers. Kylie sighed. Only some of them are spicy. It's like roulette. Both girls were trying to get back into the groove of friendship, but the lights of familiarity were still out and they were stumbling around in the dark. All they needed was a flicker. Jordan fondled the sapphire blue Birkin bag sitting next to her like a pet. Jane Birkin died, she said before taking a gulp of her lychee martini. Kylie crossed her arms and sat back in the booth. Who's that? In my mind, there's like roses like pouring down on me and I'm like, is that not poetry? I know that 90% of the people who read that know who Jane Birkin was, but if you don't, she actually did die. And I thought, um, you know, it was a literary choice to include that in the end of that fake scenario, you know, bringing a little bit of the real world in to this scenario, gave it flavor like that of a shishito pepper. But Jane Birkin did pass away. The first paragraph of her obituary says, Jane Birkin, who helped define chic female sexuality of the 1970s as an actress in arty and erotic European movies and in her relationship, equal parts romantic and artistic, with the singer Serge Gainsbourg, died on Sunday in Paris. Miss Birkin, who later became known for her inspiring one of the best-known lines of luxury handbags, was 76. I didn't know the full story of how Jane Birkin created the Birkin bag. I knew that she was named, like I knew that the bag was named for her, but I didn't realize that she had such a hand in making the bag. But basically, and this feels very much like me manifesting Gigi's marijuana charges. So I feel kind of like a kinship with Jane Birkin. Jane Birkin was on a plane in 1983 or 84. The sources vary. Some say 84, some say 83. She was on the plane and she was using a plastic shopping bag because there was no bag big enough to hold all of her stuff. And she started complaining because her plastic bag broke and she just happened to say, okay, so she, so the bag that was carrying all of her stuff broke and she complained aloud that Hermes did not make a bag that could fit all of her things. And the man sitting next to her happened to be Jean-Louise Dumas, the chairman and head designer of Hermes. And so he was like, well, I'm Hermes, so let's change that. She got out one of the throw-up bags that they give you on airplanes to throw up in and used it to draw what she sh thought their Hermes Birkin bag should look like. And then she went in like a month later to go see it in person, and they built it out of cardboard for her to see, like a, um, what's it called when you have a, the, 
prototype. Love the word prototype. So they made a prototype of the Birkin bag out of cardboard, which is sick to me. That's so cool. And then they were like, we're going to give you one. It's going to be great. Can we name it after you? Like we have the Kelly bag. I want to say named after Grace Kelly. I could be making that up, but it sounds right. They were like, we want to name it after you. And she was like, oh my God, I'm so honored, of course. And then I also read that she would have her Birkin bag and then she would donate it to charity, which I think it always ended up being auctioned and then put in a museum, but like the money would always go to charity and then she would get a new one. So I think she just like rode them into the ground, auctioned them off, got a new one. And she did that for the rest of her life. And she had a couple different iterations and there's so many good pictures of her just like carrying a full Birkin, like a full big juicy Birkin smiling. The Birkin is full of beads and stickers and random shit. And I just love the idea of using a really expensive handbag in real daily life. Like, that's tea. And necessity does breed invention, and that's what happened here. But the fact that the head designer of Hermes was sitting there when her bag broke, I feel that in my bones, right? Like, I feel that in my guts. I feel that in my core. I need to start complaining loudly the next time I'm on an airplane, and maybe the person will be like, oh, um, I'm actually Margot Robbie, and I would love for you to be in my next film. And I would be like, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't. I attended the Barbie screening. I'm just kidding. I'm not putting that out there. I'm not putting that out there. Um, we, I kind of, I've touched on how big the marketing for Barbie is, but if you Google Margot Robbie right now, just Margot Robbie, the screen will start sparkling pink. It's really cool. You should try it. It works for Greta Gerwig, Margot Robbie, and Ryan Gosling. So just give that a try. If you're bored online, just type in one of those names to Google and it will sparkle pink. But let's go back to Jane Birkin and her flight because she's not the first person to complain on a flight and she's certainly not the last because recently we had a woman go viral for claiming that someone on her plane was not real. You guys probably saw this if you're online in any sort of capacity. It did go viral. And I don't normally like to give these kinds of stories airtime. <laughs> okay, sorry, that was so good. Um, but basically, a woman on an American Airlines flight from Dallas to Orlando was filmed having what appears to be some sort of mental break. It's giving Kristen Wiig in Bridesmaids. This woman comes strutting down the center aisle of the plane and she says, I'm telling you, I'm getting the fuck off. Everyone can believe it or they cannot believe it. I don't give two fucks, but I'm telling you right now, that motherfucker back there is not real. And you can sit on this plane and you can die up there or not, but I'm not going to. And then she gets off the plane. And the story just keeps getting weirder and weirder because 
first, we don't know who this woman is. Every other time somebody goes viral for freaking out on an airplane, we know their name, date, social, town they grew up in, childhood pet. Like we know everything about them within seven hours of the video going viral. So why don't we know about this woman? It's prompting internet users to ask, perhaps she is the one that is not real. Who is she talking about that's not real? Apparently, according to this complex article that I read, they talked to some people that were on the plane and they said that she was talking about the flight attendant and then other people said that she was drinking before the flight and then Carrot Top, the comedian who just happened to be on the flight, said that that disruption caused five hours of delay time. So there's a lot here, but there's no answers. So we have no idea. What would be even funnier is if that was the flight that landed Gigi Hadid in the clink with marijuana charges, but it wasn't. No, Gigi's, Gigi's marijuana charge, I know I keep going back to it, but it really wasn't that serious. Like, she posted bail. Like, she got out alive, and it's not going on her record. Whose fault is that? If it's purchased legally in New York and it's legal in the Cayman Islands, like it, that's what I'm not, I don't get that about weed today. Did she get the $1,000 back or did she just have to pay $1,000? Like, like what did she do wrong in this situation? Are you not allowed to travel with it? I think that's what it is. But if it's legal in both places, something's not adding up. That's not real. That's not real. That is not real to me. In the video when she's like, that motherfucker is not real, everybody turns and looks back to see who it is. And it's like, honey, she just said he's not real. You're not going to see anything. And that's that on that on things that are not real. But not actually, because I have some other unreal things to talk about after we take a quick break. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Harry FM. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. You're listening to Harry Tales, recorded live in New York City. Your one-stop shop for everything you saw on TikTok this week. The only radio station. Harry Tales. And we're back. And we are going to talk about the NPC TikTok trend. If you guys have been on TikTok, you've probably seen or run into, scrolled into rather, one of those live streams where somebody is sitting there with a weird animated look on their face, just saying different names and different prizes that people are putting on their live stream or buying for their live stream like that girl that keeps saying ice cream so good jocelyn hi jocelyn hi jocelyn ice cream so good gang gang i should do it right i should do it but if you have been on tiktok you've probably seen it if you haven't there's a trend right now kind of reaching girl dinner levels of popularity where people get on 
TikTok live or any live stream in general and act like an NPC, which means non-playable character. And that didn't really click for me. I was like, wait, I don't play video games. I don't know what a non-playable character means. To me, it just meant somebody that you can't play. Like, I, like I understand the parallels to the hookers in Grand Theft Auto. Like, they're not characters that you play with, but, like, they're there, and they're, like, part of the story, but you don't... You Like, I can't go play a hooker on Grand Theft Auto. I don't think. If I can, please let me know so that I have something to do. But... Basically, non-playable character is a character in the game that is just programmed to be part of the game. So, like, the characteristics of them are, like, non-human. Like, is that a good way to just... I, I don't think that's a good way to explain it. Does that make sense? I don't think it does. I guess it does. Non-playable characters... And they have um, an uncanny quality to them. Like, they look real, but they're not. And so, even if you have never seen one of these TikTok live streams, just think of, like, what you would think of when you think of e-girl or, like, gamer girl. Big eyes just looking at you and saying random shit and making a bunch of animated facial expressions. Trisha Paytas just started doing this trend and apparently you can make a lot of money doing this trend. So there's a TikTok user named Pinky Doll and she's the one that kind of blew this whole trend up because some of her videos got posted to in, uh, Twitter where people started talking and Pinky Doll is 27. She lives in Montreal and she does these live streams all day, every day. And she makes $7,000 a day between TikTok, Instagram, and uh, OK, and OnlyFans. So I don't know how much of it is from TikTok, but I think she makes two to $4,000 a day from streaming on TikTok. And basically, how you get money is viewers can buy you gifts, which they use real money to purchase, and then they can gift to you. And different gifts uh, have different monetary value. So like an ice cream cone, I actually don't know what the value of these gifts are, but uh, if you buy Pinky Doll an ice cream cone, she'll acknowledge it by being like, ice cream, so good. And then she'll do this thing with her tongue that I don't want to recreate right now because it will be creepy and weird and I just don't want that living online. I probably already did it, but there is something so bizarre about the way she does it and the way that all of these streamers do it. But I have a theory about why it's so popular. Obviously an easy answer is that creepy guys are just like getting off to these videos of these girls saying random words on live stream and uh, having that little power trip with the ability to like pay their way into getting some acknowledgement from the live streamer. 
But my other theory is that maybe we're past the point of wanting playable character creators. Like maybe we're past the point of creators with thoughts and opinions and talents and other redeeming entertainment qualities. And we're just ready for someone that has zero thoughts, that doesn't seem real, low stakes. They're not going to try to teach you something. They're not going to try to prove something. They're just going to sit there and say a bunch of words. And like, maybe in the craziness that is the internet today, all we want is for somebody to sit there and say, ice cream, so good. Ice cream, so good. Jocelyn, hi, Jocelyn. Ice cream, so good. Gang, gang. Is this the beginning of the end of the internet as we know it? The NPC TikTok live stream trend feels like we're in a tricky place. Also, with the rise of AI, how are these two going to meet? Because we're absolutely about to get the first AI streamer. What if there was an AI streamer that you could type the script out for and she or he would say it. I say he because there are also male NPC streamers, but they don't garner the same amount of attention as the girls do because, like I said, a huge part of this is the fact that these NPC streamers are sexualized and creepy men on the internet are buying them ice cream cones so that they'll stick out their tongues. I just, I can't. I was just, like, do you guys remember Delphine, the one that sold her bathwater for, like, a lot of money? It's kind of, she was kind of the first, like, the first kind of, like, sex doll streamer to, like, cash out, I feel, in a new and interesting way. Like, not just OnlyFans, but, like, let me sell you my bathwater, because somebody out there is going to buy it. I wonder how much somebody would buy my bathwater for. I don't think I could. I, I don't think I could do that. That's too weird. Imagine selling your bathwater. Imagine going to dinner knowing that your bathwater is paying for the bill. Kind of tea. Speaking of non-playable characters, Lindsay Lohan gave birth to a baby boy in Dubai. It's so crazy that Lindsay Lohan relocated to Dubai, um, sh but she had a, sh a baby boy with her husband, Bader Shamas, and the baby's boy name is Luay. L-U-A-I, Luay, Luay. So I wonder if it's gonna be Luay Lohan, because that could be kind of cool. It's almost like Lueve. Lue. Lueve. She's kind of non-playable. Okay. Non-playable. Let's see if Pinky Doll is live right now. And see what she's saying. She's not live. 
I wonder if people are like, is there a way to wait for somebody to go live on TikTok like there is on YouTube when you're waiting for a music video to drop and you can like wait for the live stream? Because people are definitely doing that. The other thing about the MPC TikTok streamers is that they are live, so they'll break character and they'll start like yelling at somebody in the background, which is always weird because if I were to do this, I would never be able to do it with somebody in the same room, let alone the same apartment. I don't even, I couldn't do it if, if I closed a door and I knew that somebody was in the other room, I would not be able to do the full extent of the MPC live streaming like it would need to be. I would need to be completely alone. I would need to be in an empty building. Nobody would be able to, which is the weird part about content. Cause if I have to make content in front of other people, I'm very like cagey and weird, but I can do it alone all day long but then it's posted for everybody to see. So it's like, why couldn't you just do it in front of everybody in the first place? Cause they're gonna see it. I love live theater. Pinky doll. Yeah, so she uh, used to be a stripper and she also, uh, she used to be a stripper and she owned a cleaning service, but now she doesn't have to do that because she makes two to $4,000 a day on TikTok live stream. I wonder if it's gonna hit Instagram. I don't really think Instagram is the place for it. I feel like we're a little too evolved on Instagram. It's not the place you go to see non-playable character vibes. But I also know that there's many, many untapped corners of the internet that I don't frequent. So you could be listening to this like, Harry, of course I see NPC live streamers all the time on Instagram. Maybe there will be a rise, maybe not. The last thing I wanna say is that Miranda Lambert, a country singer who you may or may not have heard of, I've heard of her, Miranda Lambert. I can't name one of her songs though. Does she sing the song about the red high heels? No. That's Kelly Pickler. Okay, so Miranda Lambert stopped a concert the other night and called out these women who were taking selfies. And she was like, we're here to listen to country music. Do not be taking selfies during my set. And she's getting raked over the coals right now online. People are coming out with other videos of her. Uh, she popped up. Uh, beach ball that people were throwing around one of her sets. You know when people randomly throw around an inflatable during a concert? It's like part of the vibe, right? It's part of the fun of listening to live music is the crowd and everything that's going on. Unless you're throwing up on my feet or like pushing me, like do whatever you want. Don't be like super loud. Like I want to hear the singer, but like enjoy, have fun. I think that's part of going to a live concert. And Miranda Lambert is outing herself as this like weird fun sucker. And people are posting videos of all the other singers that lean in to the selfies. Adele knows that if she gets in somebody's iPhone screen, that is like the marketing for the show now, right? Like that viral video is going to be the reason somebody goes to the show. Harry Styles.
Kelsey Ballerini, all these other singers that <laughs> somebody retweeted Miranda Lambert calling the girls out for the selfie and said, damn, maybe we're throwing things at the wrong singers. I don't know. Um, ChatGBT. Yeah. I'm not afraid of AI, but I do think that we're in this weird holding zone where it's like something's shifting for sure. And I want to say that AI is going to creep up. And right now we're all like, ha ha ha, like ChatGBT. But I want to say it's going to creep up and like really be something to reckon with. Did you watch the new episode of Black Mirror where Salma Hayek and that girl from Schitt's Creek are like in that show or whatever? Basically, I didn't really realize this, but the thing is you can pay for somebody's likeness and then use their likeness to do whatever they w do whatever you want them to. I just didn't realize that AI had come that far. Like I didn't realize we could pay for Zac Efron's face and then make a movie starring Zac Efron, but not having him ever come to set and like act in it. I just don't know how close we are to that. I'm like, but if we see an AI photo, the teeth are all fucked up, the hands are all fucked up, like how could you make a full movie? I don't know. AI man. A motherfucking I. All right, well, I have to go tune into the Barbie movie and some NPC live streams. So I will talk to you all next week. Thank you so much for listening. It's been beautiful. Until next time, I'll see you soon. Thank you.